folks, welcome to the uh, inaugural episode of For Your Reconsideration. On this podcast, we will take uh, movie years, starting with 1990, and we will go through, look at all the movies that came out that year, look at what won the big awards, what won the box office, and we will reconsider whether or not uh, the country was in its right mind when they made uh, those decisions. See what stood the test of time or not. Uh, for this miniseries, we will be beginning with the year 1990. It's a fantastic movie year, and here to help me talk about the year 1990 is my fantastic co-host, Mr. Cole Goff. How are you doing today, Cole? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing really well. I'm your other co-host. My name is Ian Gears. We're going to get the show rolling. 1990 was a very uh, big year in American cinema, so we... uh, I say that uh, while there really weren't a ton of uh, great movies that came out this year. Yeah, it's a it kind of a weird year to start with. I think it's good. It's 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 a good, just like nice even round number to start with. But like once we actually started looking at the movies, we were like, oh, it's it's like the Goodfellas year. It's Goodfellas like, and Home Alone, and that's about it. Yeah, and like what what was what else was on this list? Is this like what the Kiki's Delivery Service I saw, which like yeah. didn't come up whenever I was searching, which I do I do really enjoy that movie. I haven't seen it in you know fifteen years. Oh, it's but, so good. Yeah, it's... It's uh, going to come in later on when we start doing awards. Uh, this year, the biggest movies of the year, number one at the box office in 1990 was Ghost. Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore, Whoopi Goldberg film, made about $500 million worldwide. Uh, you know, nothing could stop Patrick Swayze. We did. We just watched uh, Point Break last Thursday, and I can, you know, it's understandable. Yeah, when Break, we get to our 1991 episode, get ready. We're going <laughs> to talk a lot about Point Break on that. Uh, yes, number two at the box office was Home Alone, number three, Pretty Woman, number four, Dances with Wolves, then Total Recall, Back to the Future Part 3, Die Hard 2, Presumed Innocent, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Shocking. Kindergarten Cop. It's shocking that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles makes the cut. It's shocking that Kindergarten Cop cracked $200 million <laughs> worldwide. But that's like, it was like Schwarzenegger. It's like, that was like in his time. He had two, I mean, he had two movies. He had to- Total Recalls up there too. So yeah, he had yeah, two yeah. movies in the top ten. Well, he's like the biggest star in the world at that point. Yeah. I mean, True Lies, he had that. Um, uh, the Predator 2 comes out, I think, in 91. So, the, I mean, like, this is like the age of Schwarzenegger. yeah. Uh, we when when I was growing up, my we had like a a bookshelf with a bunch of movies on them, and I would like at my dad's house, and I would say probably like a like one out of one out of every five movies was a was a Schwarzenegger film. It was like uh, really, <laughs> it was like Commando, True Lies, like all the hits. <laughs> it was favorite? like that in Bloodsport. <laughs> <laughs> so Schwarzenegger. I've never American. seen my dad watch any of those movies, but those <laughs> are the movies he owned. <laughs> I would love to know like if your dad just watched like. Those two movies and then just Criterion Collection films from here on out. It's like all, it's like that, and then he would just watch like The Pacific, and then just Downton Abbey on Netflix. <laughs> what, what what are your feelings on Schwarzenegger? I, I love the guy. He's a great great movie star. Uh, I mean, Terminator and Terminator Two are iconic. I'm and I mean, I I wish you know that's kind of how he, Terminator is what kind of like broke him onto the scene, right? So have you seen The Expendables? No, I haven't seen any of the Expendables. Me neither. I feel like those are going to be movies that we're going to need to watch for this. Yeah, we're going to have to watch a lot of movies for this. It's another thing when I was when I was looking back through the 1990 list earlier when we decided we were going to record this today. I was like, I've seen like four movies that were released in 1990. Yeah, but um, but and then but then when we, like I said when we were looking back through when we were looking through the list like a few minutes ago, I realized I'd seen more. Just like I haven't seen 
Dances with Wolves or Pretty Woman, and I feel like those are two huge omissions from. I've seen most of Pretty Woman, yeah, and some of Dances with Wolves, but like those are two pretty big omissions for this year. Well, and I've seen both of those, so my <laughs> opinion will carry through for both of those. Okay, uh, but I also think that's kind of the point of one of the big points of the podcast uh, is what we're trying to do is look back on these uh, years, and if we do have these big blind spots, uh, you know, like we know, I think kind of culturally as like movie fans the weight that a movie like Dances with Wolves carries. Yeah. And we know that it's kind of like, oh, you haven't seen Dances with Wolves. That's a, you know, in, in the right kind of, you know, cocktail parties, that's going to offend a couple upper crusts. Yeah. But, but then there's like, then there's the movie, I mean, like Goodfellas, there's a movie like Goodfellas, which came out in 1990 and it won Scorsese an Oscar 10 years ago for The Departed. Like, exactly. That's like the, that movie is so much more It's iconic. a ticking time bomb. Yeah, that movie's so much more like iconic and resonant now than like Dances with Wolves, but Dances with Wolves, like it, it swept, it cleaned up at the Oscars, didn't it? Or am I remembering that wrong? I know no, it absolutely, you know it Dances with I Wolves do. cleaned up. And we are going to, we're going to talk a lot about that right now, actually. Um, cause what we're going to do, one of the big things on this podcast is we're going to go through, uh, all of the categories for, or not all of the categories, but some of the major categories from the Academy Awards, uh, the Golden Globes and reconsider whether or not, the, they made the correct choices. Since now we have the hindsight to be able to look at these and say what movies actually have had a lasting effect. Uh, you know, maybe the movie that was chosen for best picture, maybe the performance that was chosen for best, uh, supporting actor, actress, actor, actress, uh, is that really the one that stayed in the cultural mindset? Uh, so let's get right into it. Let's dive in. Best director, best director for, uh, the 1991 Academy Awards, which of course were the movies from 1990, um, both at the Academy Awards and the Golden Globe Awards went to Kevin Costner. Dances with Wolves. I actually, the, I made the mistake of it earlier when I was like, when I was uh, at work and I was looking up stuff for this and I was, uh, I, I looked up the 1990s Oscars and I was like, I was like, Driving Miss Daisy beat Goodfellas for Best Picture. And then I looked and I was like, Goodfellas wasn't nominated for Best Picture. And then I was like, oh wait, I have the wrong, I'm a year off. So all of these movies also like Driving Miss Daisy, Jesus Christ, Driving Miss Daisy, Driving Miss Daisy, <laughs> Dances with Wolves. I, I, I said this to you yesterday when we were texting, I was like, Dances with Wolves is a, it's a broccoli movie. Yeah. It's like, you got to eat your broccoli. You got to watch Dances with Wolves. It's just one of those movies that's, I, like I saw it, I think in last time I watched it was in high school. It's almost three hours long. It's big Western. My dad loves it. Eh. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not thrilled by it. It doesn't excite me. It doesn't There are so many other movies this year and like you said earlier, this isn't an incredible movie year. Uh but there's so many other movies that came out this year that just excite me more and I think kind of say more about the state of the world and what was going on then the dances with wolves. Yeah, I mean if you're going to watch a, a 3-hour movie in 1990, I feel like it's got to be Goodfellas. It's got to be Goodfellas. And I, this is going to this is going to be the theme for this episode. We're going to I'm going to bring up Goodfellas a lot because I love Goodfellas. I don't think you need to apologize for it. It's like it's it's far and away like the last category on our list. Of course, we'll get into it uh, right after we do best director, I guess, cuz we're already on the the subject of it. But best film, best film of the year and it's there's no con there's no contest. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, but uh, so best director did go to Kevin Costner. Uh, who would your choice be? I guess would you would you go with Scorsese for this? Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's there's um, my uh, I have some gaps in knowledge in some of the movies. Like I've seen Total Recall, but it's been 
you know, it's been like a decade since I saw that. Um, and that's, uh, you know, as anyone who listens to our other podcasts would know, like total recall, that's kind that movie's like kind of my aesthetic. That's like the movies like that, that are like gritty sci-fi or like cyberpunk dystopia and movies like those are like, I'm, that's very up my alley. That stuff I like, I, I can see that, but just like the, the camera work and the decisions that are made in, Goodfellas like we were talking about it like we were just <clears throat> we we watched the first 25 or 30 minutes of Goodfellas before yeah before like right before we hit record basically so that in the last thing we saw was the like w- like w- what's so funny am I a clown do I amuse you that scene and like you think about that that scene gets referenced in so much other pop culture stuff and it's like to the point where you think like it can't be like it's so overdone in like those references that it can't be that good like it can't hold up but like there's no sound other than the dialogue just like the it, it holds so long on Joe Pesci and he repeats himself so much that it just gets so uncomfortable and like so tense and scary like kind of scary and it and it also holds when it or when it breaks occasionally and you just get Ray Liotta's terrifying yeah. <laughs> audition for the Joker laugh yeah. that he's doing Jesus he's Christ he's got his mouth like open like uh, he's like unhinging his jaw to laugh at the Joe Pesci and it's great I think Ray Liotta's I mean of there's, there's oh Liotta's like, Liotta's yeah, fucking he's, great, he's great in this, in this movie. movie um you know but uh because he, he didn't even get nominated we can all we can talk about that when we get to the other categories but yeah I, I think Scorsese is an, e- is an easy pick for me for this yeah yeah I go Scorsese too I mean I know like you said he wins he wins 16 years later for The Departed <laughs> and and you know we'll get to that when we do our 2006 episode or I guess 26 years later Jesus um, no, no, 16, 16 oh my god. <laughs> I'm terrible at math. Um, uh, but yeah, so he wins for The Departed. We'll get to that in that episode. And I love The Departed. Um, but yeah, I think kind of far and away, like, I, I was saying this before before we turned on the mic as well. There are very few movies that have a better first 45 minutes than the first 45 minutes of Goodfellas. It's maybe some of the most entertaining filmmaking ever made. Yeah, it's just the, the the whole part where it's him as a teenager is great, and like we were talking about earlier, like that kid is great. There's you know three years later that would have been DiCaprio. <laughs> there's a um, that's a hot take. There's a you know the kid's great. The guy the kid who they get playing him is fantastic. You know he's a good looking guy. I I think he like you know it sucks that the next scene where they're like you know eight years after 1955. When it shows Ray Liotta and you're supposed to believe... The age is 30 years yeah, and Ray eight Liotta's years. 21 years old and you're like, fucking no way. Yeah, like, Ray, like, Liotta's Ray, 21 Ray Liotta years. was 37 when it was filmed. And yeah, Joe, Joe Pesci, Pesci comes out with 45. a walker and he's yeah. like, I'm like... <laughs> They're both supposed to be 21. They're just now, like, it, it, like it, by today's laws, they would just now be legally allowed to buy a beer. It makes no fucking sense in the world. Um, yeah, Scorsese. I will say runner-up, I would go Rob Reiner for Misery. Yeah, that's misery is a misery's uh, dynamite. That's probably the that would probably be my second favorite, second best movie from this year. Um, misery's great, and Kathy Bates is incredible in it. Um, she's and, so good, and who's she's the, scary good in that. Yeah, movie. It's literally, literally <laughs> yeah, scary good. Sydney, I, I made uh, Sydney watch it um, last year, two years ago. Maybe it's been a while since I've watched. It's a really good like Chicago winter movie because it's like <laughs> so much of the tension in that movie is built around like being snowed. I mean, that's like yeah. the that's like what starts the whole conflict. But yeah, um, Misery is a, is a great film. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, so our next category, we'll get into best actor uh, for the, uh, the Golden Globe Awards. For drama, it went to Jeremy Irons in Reversal of Fortune. 
a movie that I have only seen once and I cannot tell you anything about it, which should tell me, uh, except for the fact that Jeremy Irons is in it. And for comedy, it went to Gerard Depardieu and Green Card, a movie that I have not seen. Uh, and then the Oscar obviously uh, went to Jeremy Irons in Reversal of Fortune. Uh, who's your pick for best actor this year, Cole? 1990s. We think back on all the movies. Like, nobody, I haven't heard anybody talk about Reversal of Fortune in years. Literally, I've never heard anybody talk about Reversal of Fortune. <laughs> I, I literally, I didn't know that that movie existed until I saw earlier, I saw the Oscar entry earlier and that Jeremy Irons, I was like, I was like, oh, this is what Jeremy Irons won his Oscar for. I've never heard of that movie. It's a um, real shame that Daniel Day-Lewis retired from acting this year because I think he would play Jeremy Irons really well in a biopic about Jeremy <laughs> when, Irons. When I saw the, I was, I was like, I was like, uh, uh, I was like, Dale, Daniel Day-Lewis didn't win an Oscar this year. Like he won it with like the year before, I think for my left foot, I think he my won it. I think he won at the 90, uh, yeah, ceremony, the yeah. 1990 ceremony. And I was like, I was, cause it looked like Jeremy Irons in 91 looked a lot like Day -Lew Daniel Day-Lewis looks Do you now. think they thought that they were giving it to Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> again because his performance on My Left Foot is they so were like, good? We, we, they were like, man, repeat victories that never happens, but good for you. Yeah, well, they're about to get to it. They're like, three more years, they have the, the whole Tom Hanks deal where he wins two years in Yeah, a row. exactly. But then they're like, Jesus, we gotta... Man, Daniel Day-Lewis is so good, we're gonna give it to somebody who looks exactly like a 20-years-older version of him. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This, so, it's a, t it's a tough year. Like I can't, I can't comment on any of those winners because once again, I haven't seen these movies, probably very bad, poor showing for me for our first episode, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I think Ray Liotta's great in Goodfellas, but I don't think he's that good. Um, I mean, you don't think Ray Liotta's that good? No, I mean, he, he's there. I'm sure there were better performances this year than Ray sure, Liotta. Sure, sure, sure. No, as an actor, he's great, but I'm just saying, like, and I think he's great in Goodfellas, but I also want to pick something that's not Goodfellas. I feel like that'd be good <laughs> if I did that. <laughs> that's a good call. I, I like Leota, and maybe this is just a showing for me, but this is probably says a lot because of the Leota that we've gotten to see since then. I like third act Leota when he's all coked out. Yeah, greasy Leota. Greasy Leota. More than I like um, buttoned up Leota, like the oh, Leota that much meets better, Lauren yeah. Bacall, uh, that, uh, yeah, or um, uh, Lorraine Bronco. Like I like that Leota at the end of the movie. I think when he's unhinged and just going crazy, and you see in the helicopter all around. I think um, that's like pure distilled Ray Liotta and his like purest form is greasy Leota. Like that's like he's not meant to be this. He's like meant to be like. Uh, I say this because I'm pointing because we still have er early in the movie on yeah. pause up on the screen right now. But like he's not he's meant to be like in the third act and he's great. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Uh, maybe uh, I, 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 I'm going to I'm afraid I'm going to be wrong. But is it Duvall in Misery? Um, it's James Conn. James Conn. I James always Con, I always baby. get them mixed up because of uh, uh, the Godfather, but he is he is so good in Misery too. Yeah. Um but it's uh it's I think it's a toss up between those two for my favorite performances of the year. Um like I said, I mean I I haven't seen, you know, uh Costner and Dances with Wolves. I haven't seen Reversal of Fortune. Um but yeah, I think uh uh Con is great. You're forgetting two big names in this conversation. What are those? Denzel Washington and Mo Betta Blues. 
fucking dynamite performance. I haven't seen Mo Betta Blues. Oh, it's so <laughs> we good. Should've, we probably should have started with 91. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter. We started with this. Oh, man. It's, I'm just going to dunk on you with facts yeah, about 1990. <laughs> well, to be fair, you'll dunk on me with facts about most movie years. Like, I'm kind of starting to catch up with you, but you are you're you have a much more encyclopedic knowledge than Yeah, I but once, once we get into, like, the actual details about, especially science fiction shit, you're going you're gonna to ace me on Maybe. all of that. I'd probably not. Um, Denzel, I would say even better than Leota and James Conn will be up there. I'd nominate Conn in a minute. It's for me. It's between Denzel in Mo Better Blues and Gabriel Byrne in Miller's Crossing. Gabriel Byrne. It's uh, Coen Brothers noir movie. It's a fucking great movie. Um, but Gabriel Byrne is just like this still. He's like a fucking panther the entire movie, and you just like he's gonna crack at any minute. And also, like I don't think I like it, it's honestly one of the best showings of Gabriel Byrne in a movie in a very long time. He did a great job in Hereditary this year. I really enjoyed him in that. Yeah, uh, great. That was one of my, maybe, it might be my second favorite movie of this year. Um, really? Behind Annihilation. Oh, interesting. Um, interesting. I also haven't, I haven't, like, I really, I think my, I, like, my movie past subscription lapsed and I didn't know about it because I've been so bad about seeing movies this summer. When it gets, when it comes out on, on video on demand, you gotta rinse hard to bother you. Oh yeah, definitely. It's best movie it's, of the year. So far. I I mean yeah, because I like I like I'm missing that. I haven't seen you know Black Klansman. I haven't seen a lot of like, uh, you know the uh, you didn't see skyscraper. What is it? Blind Spotting. <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of the movies from the summer either. that are supposed to be really good. I didn't see you know uh, the, the Mr. Rogers documentary. Shit uh, was beautiful. I'm uh yeah I'm, I have a lot of holes uh, this year. Can we talk about a movie year where I've like seen like can, let's just <laughs> let's just get to 2017 <laughs> where I like, I saw everything because movie pass yeah if we had movie pass in 1990 we would have seen everything all right so you're gonna your votes for james con i'm gonna go yeah. for denzel's gonna get some love for me later on in this podcast for a, or not in this episode but in other episodes so i'll go for gabriel byrne i don't think he's he's won anything uh he he, he doesn't have a real other shot from me later on uh best actress you're you're ta- really talking like the academy right now i know I, this is pretty much what it is it's all about doling out like we're gonna things. give it to old men over chalamet because old men has has had it coming old <laughs> chalamet will have his day no we'll we'll get to that on the 2010 <laughs> episode with tinker taylor oh um, my god so good uh so best actress the uh golden globes gave best actress in a drama to kathy bates best actress in a comedy to julia roberts and the academy awarded best actress to kathy bates uh cole Thoughts. I'd I'd pick Kathy Bates. She is fucking terrifying in misery. Yeah, it's, I I like I said I, I I mean I like Julia Roberts. I haven't seen All of Pretty Woman. It's like it's like one of the few like old school like romantic romantic comedies, comedies like chick flicks that Sydney hasn't like made me watch yet or gotten like just sat me down and watched with me. So um that's it's like a huge gap in yeah. my knowledge as far as that goes. Um, but uh, Gary she, Marshall, she basically he's got a great eye for the romantic comedy. <laughs> she just makes me watch all the Meg Ryan movies. Um, but yeah, Kat, it'd be Kathy Bates. You know me. what? Hot take. I prefer the Meg Ryan romantic comedies to the Julia Roberts romantic comedies. When when Harry Met Sally is Perf- it's that's a perfect top movie. tier. You know what though? And also that we'll get to this in our episode on twenty eighteen. Uh, we just watched or. I, I just watched for the first time the other night set it up great it's so good I love I that I love Glenn Powell it's now. one of the best movies I've seen all year uh, it's a it's a perfect romantic comedy have you seen uh we should probably do this part off air but have you seen um everybody wants some yeah, that, yeah. I love that it's, it's a it's great a movie we, we watched good... we watched that like the day after we watched set it up because because of, Zoe because of them, and yeah. Glenn Powell are both in it and he's yeah. the best part of that movie I think. he's terrific he's so great but yeah uh, yeah so Julia Roberts is 
I, I think she's great in Pretty Woman. She's really fantastic. I, and I'm saying this not as a Julia Roberts. Uh, I'm not a huge Julia Roberts head. Um, I think she's good in, in other things. I love her in Brockovich, but that's kind of it. The movie I've seen her most in, honestly, is Ocean's Eleven. Which is sad because <laughs> she's in like 10 minutes of Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, I know. That's, that's what I'm, I've just seen like that so much. Like a lot of her movies aren't really the movies that I like go out of my way to watch. Sure. Which, so it's like not any fault of her, but like it's it's just like uh, I don't see a lot of Julia Roberts movies. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, no, it's got to be Kathy Bates. Yeah, she's, she's perfect in this. I mean, I don't know if you'd consider her for Best Actress or Best Supporting Actress, but uh, Lorraine Bronco is also just dynamite in Goodfellas. Oh, yeah. She's, she's, she's really good. Uh, she's amazing in that movie. I thought you were going to say Kathy Bates. I was like, she's like one of two characters in the movie. She's, <laughs> she's definitely Best Actress. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, supporting Actor. Apparently, there was only one winner <laughs> in the Golden Globes. Uh, Bruce Davison for oh, Longtime yeah, Companion. Weird. And the Academy Award went to Joe Pesci for Goodfellas. For Tommy! Uh, what do you think? I think that's a great. I think I think Joe Pesci is a great choice. I was looking earlier. I don't did De Niro even get nominated no. for anything? Jimmy, because we Jimmy. we spent like he's in like five. Jimmy of the, Conway. He's in like three to five minutes of the of like the first half hour or whatever we just watched of Goodfellas, and like we talked about him more than anyone. Like he's so he's impeccable in this movie it's it, he's it's fucking just, dynamite but joe but joe pesci's great too and i guess joe pesci's in more of the movie so he gets no i would think jimmy's in more of the movie. yeah i guess jimmy, in like, in joe like pesci the, dies two hours yeah and in. in like the second act like and then like robert de niro stays through and then he's like he's in a ton in the second act but uh yeah i i honestly i'd probably go de niro um i think joe pesci's a good choice too um yeah de niro well and another thing taking into consideration if we are thinking like the oscar voters De Niro's gotten his Oscar. He's gotten two Oscars, right? Because he won for he won for Godfather Part Two, and he won for Raging Bull. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah he had two at this point. So I'd give him a third. I, I mean, <laughs> it's, he's so good in this movie. And I mean, Joe Pesci is this nineteen ninety? Are we we're post My Cousin Vinny, right? No, my cousin got my, next year. I'd give it to. I'd probably. I'll he, probably yeah. <laughs> I have to see the nineteen ninety one slate movies, nominated, but he's, he's so nominated good. Nominated for the next in next year as well for best actor for yeah. my cousin Minnie. I love that movie. That's I love a great that movie, movie too. I mean, I'll be honest. Most gangster movies you can throw in front of me. Yeah, I will, I will <laughs> I'm, love I'm the same. Like, like, and we were. My dad and I were talking about this too because nineteen ninety is also the year tragically of the Godfather Part Three. Yeah, I, wanna, I was. I was gonna. That's what was gonna be my opening line. Like we picked the Godfather Part Three year to start our like, <laughs> re, like our. It's also the year Back to the Future Part Three. Yeah, which I mean, that's uh, a better third entry than the Godfather. Sure, three. if we were going all the way back to eighty five, which you suggested yesterday, uh, I mean, Back to the Future would sweep everything for me. I think yeah, it's, but that's it's what, a perfect film. I basically saw 85 and I was like, I saw Back to the Future in 85 and I was like, maybe we should go back to that. And I was also, also just, I'd seen more. And, but then I got to like 87 and 88 and I was like, this move, these, these, just these two years are just way too 80s. Like, what was it? 87 I sent you the screenshot of earlier. And yeah. it's like, let, let me just find it real quick. It's like, uh, Predator, Lost Boys, Nightmare on Elm Street, Lethal Weapon, Evil Dead 2, Hellraiser, RoboCop, and then The Princess Bride. <laughs> like, Dude. And that's a rough, that's kind and that's like, that's just a list of 1987 films. So like, those are probably the ones that are like iconic and made the most money, but who knows, like those obviously aren't the awards winning. With but that's the thing on. that I think we're like, and we're looking down the list of movies that came out in 1990, and I feel the trend is moving away from genre films. 
It's moving a lot more towards these prestige movies. Even Goodfellas, for as great as it is, is a prestige film. Yeah. It's two and a half hours long. It's filled with Oscar winners. It's Martin Scorsese, who at this point has like such a huge <coughs> career. I mean, from... It's adapted from a, adapted, like a true story. Yeah, a true story. That's one of my favorite movie stories of all time, actually, is just knowing that uh, that Scorsese was done, completely done doing um, gangster movies. After Mean Streets, after after everything else he'd done, he'd be like, I'm done doing gangster movies. And read Nicholas Paglioli's book and was like, I gotta make this movie. <laughs> and he was like, as soon as he got he's like, I, I gotta make this movie. And he helped him write the screenplay and everything like that, like... Nobody but Scorsese at this point in time could make this movie. Yeah. And, I mean, this is kind of like the big debate. We'll get into the, I guess, let's just, fuck it. Let's get into it now. Of the Goodfellas or Godfather discussion. Do you want, you want to know what I think? Yeah. <laughs> I, they're, they're hard because they're obviously, they're both obviously, like, they're the, probably the two biggest gangster movies ever made. Um... You could throw Godfather Part Two in there. Yeah, uh, but I was. You, you know, don't think one, Black Mass? One, 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 one per one per uh, franchise, um, but they're so. T- I, I feel like there's more like constant action and stuff going on. Like there's more beats in Goodfellas, and Godfather is like way. It's like a lot more of a slow burn. I don't know. It's so like they're both so good. They're yeah. both great movies. It's um. I've been really wanting to go back and because Sydney's never seen The Godfather. I say that we watched it together once, like four years ago, and she slept through the middle hour and a half oh. of it, so she's never seen Godfather. Mm. Um, it's, and like I've wanted to like sit down, like and and now we're doing this thing again where it's like every weekend, like every like at least one night every weekend we will watch a movie, and it's usually a movie we haven't seen before. Um, and like I want that. I just want to sit through Godfather again and have her see it, and I want to like see it again because it's been a while it's been a few, like i said it's been a few years since i've seen it um let me know but uh, i'd love to rewatch godfather dude i i, I rewatched I, if, if sydney, sydney it'll, it'll probably take me let's we can just watch it together i was gonna say i love that movie you could pause that movie in any any instance and it's a goddamn painting it's gorgeous yeah well, uh what's what's your opinion on godfather versus goodfellas <sighs> I'm of two minds of it because I agree. I think Goodfellas is an is a more rewatchable movie. It's more entertaining. It's more fun. I can put it on and kind of like. I don't. I feel guilty if I put Godfather on and I do anything but watch The Godfather. Yeah. But I can like put on Goodfellas and like kind of walk around the house and like clean and do work. And I'm always happy to like look back at the screen and Goodfellas is on. Um. So that's kind of where I stand on it. But this may tip the scales a little bit more towards Godfather for me. I think so too. I also just think Godfather is Godfather is such a consistent movie throughout, um, and features, for my money, one of the top three, possibly greatest performances of all time, in Al Pacino. In Al Pacino, yeah. Uh, Al Pacino's it's, growth as Michael Corleone in that movie is, it's fucking masterful. The um, it's it's 
it's it, it like makes me feel so insignificant as a human to watch the talent on display on screen. Yeah, and it's Godfather. just like it's 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 like we were talking about earlier too. It's just like with with uh, De Niro, it's like he's had this run in like the last fifteen years where he hasn't made anything like really great, but he's honestly he's obviously like one of the like five best film actors of all time. Easily. And like Pacino, it's like it's really easy to get wrapped up in like people doing impressions of him and like the hua from Sense of a Woman and like Jack and Jill and the devil's advocate and then you like watch the godfather and you're like oh no like this dude made he made godfather part one godfather part two dog day afternoon like he fucking killed it for like two decades he was so good like in like in like, well, he's like to kill Scar- scarface is like one of his worst movies and like that's like his most iconic performance like so he's sad. so good in the godfather like that the last scene where um uh, his his wife is like where Kay comes up and yeah no, and, no more lies yeah and, and he's like and he's like seems so honest and then like she's walking out and turns around and like guys are walking in the room like kissing the ring and he just looks like a fucking meg- megalomaniac like, and they close the door loving, on her yeah he's just loving it and it's like yeah I th- I think I think uh, the Godfather is uh, more consistent like it stays at a really high level throughout like Goodfellas is like re- it's it's a it's a great movie. Um, but I mean, like, it's a but, perfect, you're, you're, we're also, we're cutting hairs between like a lobster dinner and a filet mignon. Yeah. Dinner. It's like the two, it's the, uh, the two best gangster movies ever made, um, arguably. And, uh, it's, and then you get a nice cheeseburger with the departed yeah. in 16 years. <laughs> and it's like, it's most times you're just going to want to eat that cheeseburger. And, oh, nine and, times out of 10, I want to eat that yeah, cheeseburger. If you're, if you're ever like, do you want to watch the departed or Godfather? I'll probably pick the departed, but Godfather's obviously a better movie. Yeah. No, Good, I, Goodfellas is just like. You know, it's it, it's it's my favorite like first forty or forty five minutes of basically any movie, and then it feels like a lot of the rest of the movie is like trying to live up to that, and yeah, for at some points it doesn't, but like Godfather, it like starts off with like the uh, Marlon Brando, "You come to me on the day of my daughter wed- daughter's wedding," like that, and it just like stays up there the whole time. Oh yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah, I mean, supporting, I, I think it's got to go to Pesci. Yeah. It's got to go to Pesci. Yeah, I, he's he's great in this movie. Yeah. I didn't mean to spend the whole time. No, spend it's half good. this podcast. This is now a Godfather it's podcast. It's a Godfather. Well, what does that say? About this? We talked about this on our other podcast uh, the other day. I never brought it up during it, but we did an episode on 300, rewatching the movie 300, and we spent, if you listen to the episode... A good 60% of that episode is us talking about other movies. Yeah. Because 300 is such a shit movie. That you the, just other for, the other 40, the, like 39 <laughs> of the other 40% is us talking about how, like, politically incorrect, or like, how yeah. how problematic 300 is. And then we talk about 300 for about 1% of the movie. Because like, we talk about garbage. it, yeah, it's... Uh, God, I, we loved that movie when, it, for, when we first saw it in theaters, too. And that's why we're doing these podcasts, to, to hold ourselves <laughs> yeah. accountable. All right, um, moving yeah, on. It's Pesci. It's Pesci all the way. Supporting actress Whoopi Goldberg swept this year. Every award ceremony, pretty much. That's crazy. She won the Golden Globe, the Academy Award, and the BAFTA for Ghost. Uh, she's terrific in Ghost. I like Ghost a lot. I think Ghost is a good movie. It's, um... Yeah, I mean, I don't know who else it would go to. Maybe this you can throw Lorraine Bracco into. Yeah, I think she's more of a supporting actress um, in this, just because there's so much in the movie, and, like, she... Like, this is one of those movies where, like, it could go either way. Like, it's not like, what, Silence of the Lambs, where... uh, 
Anthony Hopkins won what best actor and he's in seven minutes of the movie like yeah. this movie's so long and she's in a good amount of it but there, there's just so much to the movie where it's like she could be it's like whatever basically whatever the you know the filmmakers submit her for is what she like it would be in um yeah the nominees were Whoopi Goldberg Annette Benning for the Grifters Lorraine Bracco for Goodfellas yeah Diane Ladd for Wild at Heart and Mary McDonald for Dances with Wolves yeah, there's there's no question in my mind. This, uh, yeah. this goes to uh, this goes to Whoopi for me. <laughs> I mean, Lorraine Bracco is good, but like we said, I also don't want to make a clean sweep Goodfellas <laughs> podcast. Although to go back to supporting actor, fucking Pacino was nominated for Dick Tracy, and we have not talked about Dick Tracy once. Yeah. What are your feelings on Dick Tracy? Because that movie's goddamn bonkers. I, I haven't seen Dick Tracy. <clears throat> I, that's uh, it's. I don't have an opinion on that. Um, Every time I watch it, I have a different opinion. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Andy Garcia was nominated for Godfather Part Three. Was Godfather Part Three nominated for like a lot of stuff? Not a lot of stuff. Yeah, he was it's... nominated. It wasn't nominated for like. Uh, actually, no, it was nominated for Best Picture. Wow. Yeah, and, and it was not and Best Director. Wow, and Best yeah, Director. That hasn't aged well. Nope, not at all. Because that movie is regrettable, to say the least. But, you know what? And I will say this. Because that's the movie that kind of put... Um, uh, or at least definitely put... That, see, that picture... Go go back. This picture of... That picture of Jeremy Irons looks like... That's the picture he looks I saw like Daniel Day-Lewis. He looks exactly like Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. Um, oh, De Niro was nominated, but not for, um, not for Goodfellas. He was nominated for Awakenings. Which is a great movie. Okay. The movie he did with um, um, Robin oh, Williams. Oh, so he's nominated for Best Actor. Okay. Yeah. Damn, big year for him. Big year for him. That's a great movie. I like Awakenings a lot. It's not an awards-winning movie, but uh, but it, I'm well, you know I'm glad to see clearly not because Jeremy Irons won. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, Daniel Day Lewis was so good in '89. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. What's our um... uh, supporting actress? Next one is uh, let's just go into Best Writing. What's your favorite screenplay of the year? Dances with Wolves swept uh, on the Golden Globes and it won uh, the Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay. Ghost won Best Original Screenplay at the Oscars. So much love for Ghost. I know. It was the biggest movie of the year. Yeah. It's like the, I mean, like, if they really wanted to acknowledge it. Uh, like, I mean, like, Avatar got nominated for screenplay. That's, which is bon- like the that, that shit's bonkers. The cult of, I was thinking about that the other day. The, the cult, cult of, of Avatar. Avatar when it came out was, like, I saw it in theaters and I was like, Why'd they have Sam Worthington star in this? Like, why is Sam Worthington in anything? Like, it, it's it just wasn't a very, it wasn't a very good movie, and like the surprise, like I thought it was gonna win just because it, you know, it made two billion dollars, and it was, it was it dominated the movie conversation from that year. Um, and I'm glad it didn't. What? Because Hurt Locker won. Hurt that Locker that was won the, that was the first expanded year, right? That was the year after Dark Knight. You have to Dark Knight changed the game and then got yeah. none of the recognition for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, writing's got to go to Goodfellas. Yeah. Oh, Ever yeah. since He's I can like, remember, I wanted to be a gangster. Yeah, that, that line is iconic. The the Just the scene with Joe Pesci, like we already talked about, the scene where they're walking in and he's like, you know, there's uh, Tommy two times. He, he got his name because he says everything two times. <laughs> I got to go get the paper. Get the paper. Yeah. That, <laughs> it's so fucking, it's great. Uh all the way through, all the way through. Just the whole the whole jail scene. I love I love the scene when they're in jail and they're like making dinner and like they they're basically they're still living like kings. Like they're yeah. Goodfellas is gonna be a, the answer for me for a lot of these because and that would be what that would be best adapted, right? Yeah, but I mean, like we'll just go for best writing in be, the movie. Be, best original screenplay is obviously Home Alone. Yeah, 
But to actually, <laughs> though, like, I do want to get into it because into best writing, because I agree, the best script of the year is Goodfellas. It's two hours, 26 minutes long. Feels like it's an hour and a half. It, it moves at a clip, and that's mainly the editing and the directing. But I also think it's got a, it's just got a great screenplay. It's got a sick one, two, three act structure. It's got great voiceover narration, which I'm not always a huge fan of. Yeah. We see this a lot in other Scorsese movies. I'm, I was struck by, because I hadn't seen Goodfellas since uh, Wolf came out. And it surprises me how similar Goodfellas and Wolf of Wall Street are. They both start out, because the whole... The whole beginning of it's it's a lot of the same structure. A lot of it's like the beginning is him talking about when he was young. Well, he has that whole opening. There's that whole beginning where it's a lot of Leonardo DiCaprio voiceover. Yeah, yeah, that's actually an interesting because and then it's like you know the 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 rise and then like the fall and then like the rise again and then the final yeah. fall. It's uh, there's like the two women. You know, he's got his like original wife and then yeah. Margot Robbie. He's got the 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 mom from How I Met Your Mother who he's married yeah. to at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think it's got to go to Goodfellas. I, it, but that leads me to something. I think it feels like, and since Goodfellas seems like a clean sweep this year, we've talked about that before. Um, I mean, untu- or not Untouchables, I don't know why I said that. Miller's Crossing is another really great choice, I think, for uh, best original screenplay. It's a really underrepresented Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, um, it's one of their, like, it's only one of the couple that first. I haven't seen. I haven't seen like that in Blood Simple. Blood Simple was the one, was I think the the one that they had done right before this. Yeah. Was like 88 or 89. I think I've seen all their movies since then. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's great. It's really good. You get, ooh, man. That would have been another really good choice for supporting actor. It would have been uh, Totoro in that movie. He's got an incredible scene. I, I'm not, I don't want to spoil it for you because I want you to see it, but Totoro makes a strong showing and a strong case for a support. I love, I love, I love Totoro. So I'm definitely, I'll, I'll definitely check it out. I'm, I buy stock in Totoro any day of the week. <laughs> I could, it could be Totoro in like, cause he's in those, tra- he's in Transformers. Yeah. I could buy Totoro stock in Transformers. He's the best part of Transformers. <laughs> like him and st- him and the Tooch. <laughs> his, his, his awful performance is the window in the window is the best part of the window. Like he's, I just love, I love secret Totoro. window or secret window. Yeah. <laughs> the window. Um, that movie should have just, that's how boring that movie was. It should have just been called the window. That was um, the, you know, that movie led me to watch it to reading Stephen King for the first time. Oh really? Yeah. I'd never read Stephen King before. And then I read the short story that was based off of, it was awful. Um, the short story wasn't awful. The movie was awful. Um, yeah. So a strong showing for Totoro for us. We love Totoro. He's a great guy. Can't wait to talk about rounders. Yeah, you get on here, Totoro. We'll talk about the fact that you did rounders and Lebowski within a year of each other. Because um, that's that's definitely coming up soon. Uh, yeah, so now let's get into it since we just uh, did a little bit of the, the script of the year. What is your favorite line of the year? This is something that we talked about a lot with when we were coming up with our own categories for this. The line that people remember from 1990 from these movies... What do you think is the the biggest line from the year? Could we talk uh, about this in, a little in, bit on our walk? And I think you and I have a different opinion of this. In 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 our household, in Sydney and I's household, <laughs> our household. I, I think I think the top line would be what is it? The line from Home Alone where he's like uh, when he first, like, it's like the first day when he like wakes up and he's alone and he's like eating ice cream and watching TV and he's like, I'm watching garbage and eating junk. Someone better come stop me. That's probably <laughs> the most quoted f- line from a 1990 movie in my house. Cause that's like since every Christmas, like without fail, we watched 
Home Alone 1, Home Alone 2, and Christmas Vacation. Great. Wow. Uh, and, I mean, you were, for last Thanksgiving, when you when you were over for Thanksgiving, we watched Home Alone 2 and we did the, the Turtle Doves thing. But, like, that's, those are, like... Two those Turtle Doves. Yeah, the, those those movies are, like, unimpeachable Christmas movies in, in our house. Yeah. Christmas Vacation never made it into our list. That's just, I had never really seen it until Sydney and I moved in together, and it's like a yearly tradition for her family, so I've, it's become a, like a tradition for me, too. It's like we, like the first, the first year we lived together, they were showing, we uh, went and saw it at Bruin View, um, oh, nice. up the street from us, and then we just watch it at home now. I think I've only seen it once. We do, we do, um, talking about Christmas movies. It's like one of the few things I like Chevy Chase in. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't separate, and maybe it's because we didn't grow up in the 70s. But I can't separate Chevy Chase from any of the the stories that I hear about Chevy Chase. Yeah. Where I'm just like, nah, you're an asshole, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's how uh, I am. But anyway. Um, that, no, I, I I mean, we we do Home Alone. We do a lot of... Uh, Love Actually is a big Christmas one for us. So is the Jim Carrey Grinch. Sydney hates those movies. I, I love the Jim Carrey Grinch. I think mean, Jim it's, Carrey it's, Grinch is fucking hilarious. It's one of my uh, guilty pleasures. And totally I'm only, it's only pleasure. a guilty pleasure because Sydney has made me feel guilty for liking it. That's how I feel about the way that everybody seems to think about that movie. I think that movie's hilarious. Um, um, and then uh, the, um, Step Brothers, I've started to to ingratiate into our Christmas. I want it because we we rewatched that was like the first the first weekend this summer where we did our like watch it like pull out the sofa bed lay down watch a movie in the living room and it's like that was the first movie we picked and I was like Step Brothers uh, yeah I was like oh my god every line in this movie is hilarious like every and everyone's bringing it like Adam Scott's great. Obviously, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley and John C. Riley like is just as fun. Like J- John C. Riley is the sneakiest actor of our lifetimes. Like if you look at his eye, like he was in his IMDb is is like goal worthy. It's life goal worthy. Yeah, like he's just so consistently been working in such good movies. Yeah, and like f- like across like. Talladega Nights and Step Brothers, he's doing incredible comedy. He's so good as like the second hand guy and like Boogie Nights. Uh, he's in Chester Games Rockwell. New York. Yeah, he's so. <laughs> what are you talking how much about? Do, how much second. do you bench? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! I could do I could do a forty five minute set on his performance in Boogie Nights when we get to ninety seven. It's gonna be, it's, it's gonna be a fun. That's gonna be a fun. I episode. fucking love him in that movie. Um, but anyway, st- sticking on topic, uh, I don't. What would yours be? What's Mine is also from Home Alone. Really? What's What's yours? Buzz, your girlfriend. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> the best line of the year. That shit's incredible. I mean, yeah, I like. I, I I think the most culturally impactful line is "Funny how." You think I'm yeah, funny? Funny how? That, from that, Goodfellas, I think that's but... the most iconic scene of the year, probably. But I, I, give... I think like we were like we were when we were watching those. Just there's so many like small lines in Goodfellas that jump out. Like the 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 line about Polly that I pointed out earlier, where yeah. it was like Polly Polly for a guy that moved all day, Polly didn't talk to six people. Like I, that's just such a good way of explaining like how important Polly is. Like yeah. he only talks to. He has like a buffer between him and everyone else he works with. Like he only talks to the people he trusts. Like that's such a good like world building line. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. I mean, like that's probably my favorite the economy of script. Goodfellas. Like you can't, it, it's unimpeachable. And like, that's only my favorite because like we only got 40 minutes into the movie and I'm not being reminded of all the great stuff later. Like right now, like if, like if I were, if, if you'd asked me 30 minutes or an hour ago, I probably would have said like, 
ever since I was a kid, I, like, I, I always wanted, wanted to be a gangster. gangster. Like, that's, that's just, like, that's great, too. As long too. as I could remember, I wanted to be a gangster. Yeah, like, great. that's, I would say that. Um, yeah. But that poly line is just so good. I mean, shit, you could get to the uh, the scene at Tommy's mom's house when they all go to, after after they kidnap the dude and put them in the yeah. trunk. And they're eating dinner. And they go to Tommy's <laughs> mom's house and they eat dinner. And a completely improvised scene with the mother who's actually Martin Scorsese's mom. Really? I didn't oh, yeah. know that. Completely improvised scene. The mom's Scorsese's mom. She had no idea what had happened in the scene prior. So she's like playing the whole thing genuinely aloof. And De Niro is just like tickled pink the entire scene. That's incredible. It's, I, I, it's I magic. Can't, I can't wait to rewatch that scene knowing that context. It's magic. It's more magic than anything in Home Alone, which is a movie that does. We'll get into this soon too. Of movies that do not age well. Let's get into it right now. What about a movie that does not age well in 2018? Uh, I, I'm. I mean, like I said, I haven't seen it. I'm. Ass- I would assume a lot of the uh, portrayals of Native Americans from Dances with Wolves probably don't uh, age well. So that's gonna be my major answer. Um, <laughs> you haven't seen the movie, but you know the cultural appropriation yeah, strong. I, I doubt it's a. It was a movie. It's a movie made by white people about the like Native American culture, and I can't imagine that it holds up great. I might be wrong. I feel like I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I the the. F- Rewatching Home Alone as an adult, those are like the most violent movies in existence. Like, there's no blood or anything. Yeah, it's literally like the the like anyone basically after like the first two or three like pranks or traps that get sprung on the like the wet Um, bandits is like there's there's sticky bandits in two like would kill them. Daniel Stern. It's a would, lot worse in yeah. the second one, but in yeah. the first one, it's still bad. Also shout out for supporting actor nomination. I would give to Daniel Stern <laughs> in that movie. He's great. A goddamn physical com- comedy genius. I do still love home alone though. Um, are I, you yeah, a home alone I, one or two fan? Two, two. You like two better? Yeah. Yeah. My, my boy DJ T has got a cameo. <laughs> Speaking of things that haven't aged well. Yeah. Not, not too. <laughs> yeah. <well>. Um, <laughs> make home alone great again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I, yeah. I like, I like two better. I just feel like, um, but two, <laughs> but, but two is, yeah, the, really, uh, two, um, it really though has my boy Rob Schneider. <laughs> Dude, my boy, Tim, Tim Curry. Curry, Tim Curry is great. That, and I, I, I just, I, I think the fact that there's, there's more than like really just like in the first movie he's like in the house the whole time and he goes to buy a toothbrush at the store and that's basically it like the second one she's a creepy the, old man <laughs> yeah exactly he just assumes the creepy old man is is creepy and not just an old man it's, living his life it's the exact same movie. no no they are exactly like literally like like the 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 he uses the same like the the gangster movie like the the dirty the filthy yeah. animals like that is reused like exactly so much of it is exact it's it's shot for shot basically the exact same movie i just like it in new york better than in chicago surprisingly or yeah. it's not even in chicago let's be real it's in a suburb yeah i, hate, I work in the suburbs and it's awful so yeah i love the commute's Hera. awful so i i mean i'll i'll love both of those movies i think they're great um, but yeah, I agree. Take on a totally different context. I think pretty woman doesn't age super well 
2018. The, the concept, like conceptually, the idea of the prostitute, the, the heart of gold, yeah, the white, the white savior, male savior, yeah, the the rich man savior, and all he needs to do is dress her up in the right clothes, and what do you know? She's the most amazing woman in the world. It's not. What do you know? Hookers can be good people too. Yeah, it's not an amazing uh, premise that ages well. The the movie coasts on the charm of of Julia Roberts and Richard Gere. And it's one of my mom's favorite movies. I used to watch, like, I watched it with her all the time growing up. Uh, eh, I, I like it. I like it a good amount. But, yeah, not, not one of, not one that ages super well conceptually. Um, what about overrated movie? Overrated movie of 1990 that you have seen? Because we all know, we're, I think we're all in agreement, Dances with Wolves is highly overrated. Yeah, um, that I have seen, I... We got Misery, we got uh, Mo Better Blues, we've got Dick Tracy, uh, Back to the Future Part 3, Kindergarten Cop, um, you've got Edward Scissorhands, uh, you got Tremors, you've got Loose Cannon, House Party, Hunt for Red October. Oh yeah, that's a movie that we... Joe versus the Volcano. These are all the films that came out this year. <laughs> Dick Tracy. Oh, Cry wow. Baby, Ernest Goes to Jail. These movies are all of these, all of these. Any of them that stick out, Total Recall, we already said, Another 48 Hours. Gremlins 2, The New Batch, overrated enough for you. Yeah. I Honestly, Days of Thunder, my I was, fun fact, I was named after the main character in that movie. I'm surprised you haven't brought that up yet. Ghost Dad. <laughs> uh, That's a movie that hasn't aged well in 2018. Ghost Dad, starring Bill Cosby. <laughs> Well, yeah, anything starring Bill Cosby, right? Yeah, not aged well, and honestly, good. <laughs> um, God, we're only in July. There's, I would say, I feel like... Um, I have strong opinions about this one. I feel like Back to the Future 3 doesn't get talked about enough as like... Because Back to the Future and Back to the Future 2 are both incredible like I, I love both i like the first one is the best i think but i think the second one is still a really good movie still a lot of fun um yeah i, I really like part two uh and with the I exception of the future lingo i really like part two because they lean into a lot of like like oh you let him skate away you bong joe and it's like <laughs> you know and they try to like make it seem like the future has a totally new set of words um i yeah i would say uh, that, that's probably my pick. Just, like, I feel like it doesn't really get talked about enough. Like, it kind of gets lost in, like, the bat. Like, it's just very, a very average sequel. Um, like, they were like, oh, well, in the, you know, in the second one, we went way in the future, so in the third one, we'll go way in the past. Um, yeah. And it's, I just don't, I just don't think it's as good. It's, it's kind of the same, it's kind of like we were talking about with Home Alone 1 and 2, like, it, takes a lot of the same plot points i feel like from yeah. the first two but sets it in the wild west and like it basically just changes the rules and like the tools that they have to solve their problems yeah i'm not a, i hate the i hate the romance in that movie between doc brown and mary steenburgen i hate it i think it sidetracks the entire movie uh, I don't like the the train i don't like turning the delorean into a train and <laughs> yeah. having that be the 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 time machine. I think that's a bullshit move. I'm. I just think it's a bad movie. It's, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Back to the Future is arguably my favorite movie ever made. I love it. I think it's a perfect film, and I. I just think that they they explore some really interesting stuff in the second movie, and they completely shit the bed in the third movie. 
Um, I mean, yeah, there are a lot of overrated shit in this year. I mean, you got uh, uh, Dances with Wolves, I think, is overrated. Godfather Part 3 is supremely overrated. Um, but for me, the big, the biggest overrated movie of this year, and this is going to break a lot of hearts, possibly, uh, Edward Scissorhands. You think so? I'm not an Edward Scissorhands fan. I haven't seen I'm Edward, Edward Scissorhands in... <laughs> nice. Uh, I haven't seen that movie in a long time, so it's hard for me to comment on it. It's um, got a great score. I remember, love the score. I re- Danny Elfman crushes. I remember... Um, my main thing I remember is liking uh, like the aesthetics a lot, like the juxtaposition between like him and like the very like Stepford Wives cookie-cutter like picture perfect suburb like a lot of that i remember really liking it's classic burton i mean like the art direction is amazing i just and i think the story's interesting enough i just don't i think it's a really good short i think it's a good 25 minute movie that does not last for a half an hour for me once he starts cutting hair and like doing all that i just don't give a shit i don't yeah i um that's one of like convince me I'm wrong. I've really I I I can't because like I said it's been a while since I've seen it and I only liked I only really liked certain parts of it. Um, I wasn't like I mean I was in I mean we were in drama together in high school but I wasn't one of those Tim Burton people. Um, (laughs) Diane White uh, Weist is good. Uh, Winona's good in it. Blonde Winona. Yeah, that's which is weird. Um, like I've really been wanting to revisit some Tim Burton movies. Like I really want to go back and watch Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice I, is fucking great. We should do that. Um, we should. We need to start having regular boys nights, and we can because we have a backlog of movies that we need to watch together. Yeah. We, Rounders and Beetlejuice. And Beetlejuice. We are top bad two. boys too. Yeah. <laughs> um. But uh. But yeah. I. I can. I could. I can definitely feel. That. I mean, I'm not a huge Tim Burton fan. I. Uh. I feel like a lot of his stuff is in comes down to just style over substance and yeah. uh it doesn't work that well uh which is um i which i can definitely see cuz that movie is like iconic it's like a cult classic and like i said when like we were in like we were in drama together in high school and like that was edwards like tim so much tim i guess it was if a lot of it more tim, was like yeah. nightmare before christmas which is but it's like if you didn't have a tim burton shirt you weren't allowed in drama club <laughs> yeah you needed some kind of white and black spiral style or uh, cargo pants with chains from hot topic yeah oh my i God. had those Janko jeans Janko jeans um but uh yeah I, I i i feel you on that yeah uh and then uh we already talked a little bit we i mean best film of the year yeah it's good, good fellas, fellas. Hands down. Yeah. Hands down. Far and away, home run hit. It's a grand slam. If, it's... if, if I had to pick something that wasn't Goodfellas, I'd probably pick Misery. I would pick, uh, and this goes into, I guess, yeah, we didn't really talk about this, underrated movie of the year? Underrated movie? Kiki's Delivery Service. Yeah, probably. It's because, I mean, it's, Kiki's it's a... Delivery Service gets lost in the Ghibli like canon like it's not it's not spirited away it's not you know princess mononoke it's like it's not even i mean people like even forget about it in terms of howl's moving castle like that kind of took a lot of steam away from but they were on a run of like totoro kiki's delivery service uh Grave of the Fireflies, also in the late 80s, one of the saddest movies ever made. I don't think Grave of the Fireflies is Ghibli, though, is it? I'm, it's, I think it's just a, it's another, I think it's another director and studio. I could be totally wrong. I'm looking um, this up now. We need, to, we need to get a producer. We need to get, a th- we need to do this on a night, Lawrence, not in a... Yeah. 
Um, this is this is great podcast. This is super good. Yeah, it is. Studio Ghibli. It is? Okay, I was yeah, wrong. 80, I feel, I don't 87. Know, I don't know why I thought it wasn't there. 88. I, never mind then. Uh, yeah, well, that's that's a very different movie from Kiki's Delivery Service. Uh, that's it breaks my heart. Yeah, is that's what it does. One of the saddest movies. Um, but yeah, I I feel like I I could I could get behind that as the biggest underrated movie of the year. I love Kiki's Delivery Service. I think yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I think like I said, it just gets lost in the shuffle of all of Ghibli's. You know, they it's it's they're like sixth best movie, but that's only because they've made five of the best, you know, animated 20 movies animated of movies yeah. of all time. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into that, especially when we start getting the conversation about Pixar and stuff later yeah. on in the 90s. What's it going to be like 2001, where it's like Fellowship of the Ring versus Spirited Away? Versus Spirited <laughs> Away versus, or no, I guess the Pixar, Pixar didn't have a movie out in 2001. Yeah, I don't think so. No, because the last one would have been Toy Story 2 Toy in Story 99. Two, yeah. Um, great. Awesome. And then finally, who won this year? It could be a director, it could be a writer, it could be an actor, it could be a producer, a musician. Who won 1990? I Joe Pesci. Yep. He was in. He was Hands in Goodfellas. He was in Goodfellas. He won. He wait. Can we? Did he win the Oscar for supporting actor? He won so for he won, Tommy. So he won for Tommy. For he won the Oscar. He got an Oscar, and then he was in home alone which is watched still watched by you know that's movies you know you were judging from my experience anyway it still gets watched every year like he's still a known factor because of that movie and because you know he's in other great movies he's been in a lot of great movies goodfellas uh, my cousin Vinny. um but like home alone is just kind of like a pop hit it's classic yeah it's a classic movie you i mean <clears throat> There are few movies that are kind of like like that's a a moment that I would have loved to kind of travel back in time to because I love like seeing movies that you can kind of like when they come out you see like them becoming a part of the cultural lexicon like when Get Out came out last year you kind of get a sense of like oh in 10, 15 years people are going to be talking about Get Out yeah uh, like when I went and saw it the third weekend it was out and the theater was still completely packed. full still packed yeah, yeah it was that that movie was unbelievable but then like I I love when that happens and you go see a movie that kind of you know is going to become either a cult hit or like a hit and i would have loved to have seen that happen with like the first audiences that watched home alone yeah and realized like oh shit because it's i mean it is a john hughes movie it's following in like the the old tradition of those movies it's very ferris bueller-esque it's also like the real big i mean huge break for for macaulay culkin yeah just again that kid was huge and now rory culkin is in succession no kieran or Kieran, sorry. Kieran. Rory's the daughter. Yeah, Kieran was the Kieran's the other kid. Yeah. The other son. Or is Rory the daughter or is Rory the There's another Culkin. There was a third Culkin who was in signs. Oh really? Yeah. I think that might be Rory. I think that's Rory. Yeah. The I don't know who the The man, fucking my, the kid is My Culkin lore is off. I know. <laughs> we gotta wear these tinfoil hats. Otherwise the aliens are gonna read our thoughts. God, that movie. That movie, god damn it. Uh, great. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Joe Pesci wins 1990. It's the year of Pesci. I'm all about it. That's it. That's it. 1990 can be categorized by Goodfellas, Joe Pesci, Kiki's Delivery Service, and a big old fuck you to Dances with Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to For Your Reconsideration. Uh, Cole, do you have anything that you'd like to plug? Uh, not another film podcast our other podcast hell yeah check I don't out have anything else to plug check out not another film podcast that's the podcast where we take movies that we used to love as kids and we re-examine them uh one at a time in the harsh sobering light of 2018 
Uh, we will be back with another episode of For Your Reconsideration soon, where we'll be talking about 1991. And Cole, we got a, great, a bunch of great movies in 1991. For instance, Terminator 2, Silence of the Lambs, Barton Fink, Soap Dish, and one of my personal favorites, Boys in the Hood. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewatch Terminator 2... Barton Fink and Boys in the Hood in preparation. Boys in the so Hood. Down. I'm gonna. I'm can't wait to talk about Boys in the Hood. Holy shit! I want to talk about Ice Cube is the best supporting actor. I want to talk about Singleton's whole career. <laughs> uh, that's so great. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. Hopefully, we'll have those up by the time we release this episode. <laughs> uh, and we will be back soon with another episode for your reconsideration. Bye.